Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. John, can you say Sans Pants Radio? Sans Pants Radio. <laughs> Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of All the Small Games, a indie game podcast hosted by two indie dudes. Nope, doesn't sound good. <laughs> no. no, we're not. Just uh, we are not independent in the slightest. <laughs> My name is Andrew Levins. I am Jonathan Valenzuela, and uh, we managed to cram in an episode before July was finished. Yes, been a heck of a month. It has. It's been a big month. I've been traveling. I've, mm. been, I've been doing everything but playing indie games. Really? Yeah. I've been I've played a bunch of indie games, but also been very busy with work and whatnot. You can balance. Yes. It is possible. Yes. Um, uh, what's up to all the new listeners that came on board? Uh, we are now a Sans Pants podcast. Sans Pants. It's good Sans, to be here. It is pronounced. Yeah, that, that's the secret. When they let you in, yeah. they say, they, they, they invite you to their house. They take you down to the basement and they say, <laughs> this is actually how you pronounce it. It's, they they open a Sans. vault and a voice comes out of vault and goes, Sans Pants. <laughs> And now we've we've yeah. actually we're going to get kicked out because yeah, we've exactly. re- revealed it. It was fun being on Sans Pants for five minutes. <laughs> um, but if you haven't yet, uh, make sure you go and check out our um, episode with uh, Thumb Cramps that yeah. we did last week, last month. Our crossover episodes with uh, Jackson and Joel from uh, from Thumb Cramps and Sans Pants. Um, Thumb pants. Thumb pants. Sans thumbs. Sans cramps. Sans cramps. Sans cramps. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, if you, we did a two, two-parter with them, um, and uh, you should definitely listen to Thumb Cramps as well. Yeah, you should listen to because Thumb Cramps first, because there's a cliffhanger. Oh, I mean in that general. Is, that uh, is resolved. Because uh, ever since they've done episodes pretty much based on games that we've been talking about recently. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. and... Uh, one episode, they all say all the games that I recommended were bad. And then the next week, they, they all apologize and say they're good. So, real, real good stuff. Um, but, uh, hey, this podcast is all about all the indie games we've been playing recently. Yes. And we're going to try and change things up now. We're going to try and record uh, shorter episodes more yes. frequently. Yes. Um, instead of waiting until the end of the month and doing a big, enormous two-hour episode, we're going to try and... snack instead of a feast. Uh, it's more substantial than a snack. All right. An entree instead of well, not, three no, mains. Exactly. <laughs> instead of a degustation, yeah. you're just getting you're getting dinner. Yeah, exactly. And um, dinner today consists of, we'll be talking about Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, mm-hmm. Time Spinner. Those are mm-hmm. the games I want to talk about today. Uh, mine on the chopping block for me are Stranger Things 3, the game, mm-hmm. and Graveyard Keeper. Ooh, a bit spooky for you. 
<laughs> well, what? Stranger Things is a horror and Graves is spooky. <laughs> you you have Bloodstained as one of your titles. That's like <laughs> 10 times worse than either of those. Yeah, I guess you're right. All right, without further ado, let's let's kick this off. Who wants to go first? Go, go Stranger Things. Cause, go uh, Stranger Things. Okay. It, it, it was in the ether a few weeks ago. It, <laughs> is, it, is it still there now? It's, it's still ticking along. There are still people who are watching it. I've um, watched one episode of Stranger Things. The f- first season? The f- first episode of, of, of uh, season one, and it was too scary for my wife. Because <laughs> uh, we pretty much do... All, I do the bulk of my TV watching with her oh, by my course. side. Same, same here. It ain't happening. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's, that's fine. I will say the third season is uh, a lot scarier, also a lot hornier oh, than great. the first season. Because um, they're teenagers now and the hormones are running wild. But, so the Stranger Things 3 game, uh, which was... Get the get the info out of the way. You keep talking about it. I'll, I'll got the info for you. Um, hold on, i got it right here. So it's uh, developed by Bonus XP, Next Games Oyj, O-Y-J who are, uh, they're out of um, Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Netflix. Building uh, A. Building A. Very so, sinister. Yeah, Netflix are actually starting to uh, make a bit of a foray into game development. So on top of Stranger Things 3, they've also announced a strategy game for the Dark Crystal. That's right. Movie they got coming up. Um, Which had a very bizarre trailer in the uh, most recent Nintendo Direct at E3. Y- yeah, I'm, I'm not... I, I, I never watched Dark Crystal when I was a kid. P- Muppets that aren't like the Muppets yeah. scare the shit out of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they really push the boat out on on puppet horrible. I'm okay with Fraggles. That's that's the line. Yeah, Fraggles is the line. Um, so Stranger Things three, the game is kind of it's like an isometric action adventure type game. You are very. I, <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way here. I was going to be like, it very closely follows the plot of the show, but then I was like. If the plot of the show involved the main characters running around each scene and breaking anything... And, and beating like, the shit out of everyone they come across. Yeah, exactly. Like, picking up coins and stuff. So, it is, like... It obviously has... It's very much an homage to kind of, like, 80s games and stuff like that. Well, it looks like, like, like a 16-bit brawler game. Yeah, you know? kind of. A little bit. Um, it's it's the second game they've done. The, the first Stranger Things game, which was for second season, I believe, they put on... was, like, an iOS game. Uh-huh. And that was actually really fun. Uh, I think it was free. I want to say. Um, so this is almost like it's an evolution of that in a way. Um, they've added a bunch of new mechanics. Instead of wandering around solo, it's now you and a partner, which can come very handy in like uh, combat situations and puzzle solving. So they now have like puzzle solving where you can like you tell your character to wait on a on like a pressure plate, and then you switch characters, walk somewhere else, activate another pressure plate. So uh-huh. another like a lot of cool environmental puzzling like that. Um, the combat is probably a little bit more fun in terms of like various characters have different um, uh, like weapons that they use. So some have melee weapons, some have ranged weapons, that kind of thing. Um, they've also added like a crafting element to it. So you pick up bits and pieces like like you know rags and and like and slightly bigger rags. Yeah. <laughs> But like rags and nails and, you know... Light. I would love for the rest of the episode, you can't think of any word besides rags. rags. The other game I played is rags. Um, yeah, so you, you pick up all these like bits and pieces in the environment and then can craft them at various crafting tables for trinkets. So towards the end of the game, I, I realized like if I loaded up on trinkets that increased fire damage and ranged weapon damage and used two characters that had ranged weapons, I could literally slaughter my way through everything that was put in my path. Right. Which is kind of, you know, 
it, it got fun by that point of like, you know, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm reached a point where I'm kind of done with this, so let's speed through the rest. Uh, I finished the game. Like I said, it sticks fairly close to the plot of the game with a, a few, you know, changes because it's a video game and not a TV series. Um, I had fun with it. I'd say if you if you watched the show and you enjoyed it, definitely check it out. So you play this to completion? I played it not 100%, but to the end of the story. Yeah, right. That's still pretty amazing. Yeah. How, 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 is it as long as watching the, the full season? Um, is this a... Th- how many episodes? 12, 13? Eight, eight episodes, probably about... Six hours and fifty minutes of TV. Yeah, right. Um, look, if you if you don't run around every area in the game, breaking everything you find to get five cents at a time, um, you could probably finish it in roughly that time. Yeah, right. Cool. Um, again, if you if you haven't watched the show and you play the game, be aware that you will be spoiling the plot of the show. So that was the, uh, you got me a code, which I was yes. very grateful for. Big, big shout out to Max Mills from Netflix for coming through with codes. Um, but. Uh, I was like, oh man, if I, because it's, you know, you have that, that list that one day I will watch sure, sure. this infinite amount of media Re- retire- that I plan to. Yeah. Your retirement village. I used to always be like, oh yeah, what? Well, don't worry. One day I'll break my leg and then I'll watch all these things, <laughs> which is just not a good, not a good way to live. No. I still haven't broken that leg though. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> do you want when me, it does. Do you want me to do it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was, I was like, do I really want to spoil like three seasons from now through a 16 bit game? And then I was like, oh, maybe that's actually like an interesting point of you, difference you'll only spoil the third season playing this game right um it doesn't really touch on the first two seasons uh which is cool in but i thought it would have been interesting if it was like you know you've watched the entire season then you played the game and i've only watched one episode of a season that's <laughs> not even related to this yeah. like do i like the game yeah that's it, i was i was curious to see if you'd play it i totally understand that you didn't you got a bunch of other stuff i will i'll get to it and games to play <laughs> when that leg gets broken yeah. baby I said, this is the perfect time to be like, we're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a long break. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, you can swap between all the different characters, yeah? Yeah, you can. Uh, you don't, you start with just two of the characters and then as you play through the story, you unlock like 10 of the characters. Because so, they've just, third season, there's now like 15 characters you're following throughout, yeah, right. throughout the show. You, you play as all of them? You don't play as all of them. You play no. as like a select 10. Um, um, was it, is it kind of like Crossing Souls, the Devolver game? Yeah, set I'd in say, the '80s. It's I'd an adventure game. They're very, very similar to that. Different characters, are different abilities you can swap between. Yeah, um, I'd I'd say, yep, that's a pretty spot on. Do one of the comparison. one of the kids die and come back as a ghost character that you can play as? No, no, no kids die. <laughs> Gonna have to give this. Crossing Souls yeah. the edge, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is out now on. Uh, it's on like everything. It's on Switch, PlayStation Four, Nintendo oh. Switch, Android, iOS, Microsoft Windows, Macintosh, and Xbox One. Macintosh. Macintosh. Yeah. Mike and yeah. Tosh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's on everything. Um, so that is Stranger Things three. I game. played. I played on Switch. There you go. Um, I uh, have been very very excited to play a game. I feel like a lot of people were anticipating this game as as you know potentially being one of the best of the year yes um because there was so much hype behind it um it is the return to a castlevania type game from one of the most famous castlevania um uh, producers um koji igarashi mm-hmm. um this is a uh, a kick-started game many yes. years ago um the game is called bloodstained ritual of the night um, last year i reviewed bloodstained curse of the moon which was the throwback to the way Castlevania games used to be, uh, so it's kind of it was like a, an eight-bit um, adventure game in which you played uh, as several different characters with different abilities. And um, from from memory, this was a game that they realized 
the the Curse of the Night development was taking so long that they just made Ritual of the Night, yeah, yeah, Ritual of the Night. They made Curse of the Moon to kind of tide Kickstarters over in between. I'm not, maybe, yeah, I guess so. It was, yeah, it was conceived to fulfill the promise. Um, it was one of the the the, the Curse of the Moon was just one of the stretch goals that they hit. Right, they were like, okay. yeah, we'll do it. We'll do an eight bit version one oh, too. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess obviously that's a much easier game to make than sure. this like semi three D. Yeah. Uh, 2D action platformer that Ritual of the Night became. Uh, so yeah, Curse of the Moon, I guess they're just kind of like, Here, here's this thing. Yeah, sure. And the other one's coming in a year. I'm very curious, what platform did you play on? So, I mean, this this, this feels like ancient history now, but a, a month ago, ladies and gentlemen, um, when this game came out, uh, everyone, it came out a week, early, a week the, the first week it came out on like PlayStation, PC, yeah. Xbox as well. Really? Okay. Yeah, Xbox One. Um, and everyone was like, man, this is really good. Yeah. Um, people had concerns over the development of this game because, uh, they thought the, the, the graphics looked terrible at first. Um, and, uh, people were just concerned in general because often Kickstarter games suck. They, they can suck for a long time, but you, it's one of those things where you just got to give it time for them to kind of work out kinks. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, the main one that you would compare this to is, uh, what's the one by the Mega Man dude? Uh, I know it's number nine, something number Mighty nine. number nine, M- Mighty number nine, which was like a Kickstarter game. Everyone was so hyped for, and then it came out. And everyone was just like, "Oh no, this is trash." Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess everyone was kind of expecting that to to go down that same route. Sure. Um, but uh, for PlayStation, PC, and Xbox, it did not, and people were very very happy with that. Yeah. And for that week, I was like, "Yes, this is sick!" Like when this game comes out on Switch in a week, I'm finally going to have the same glory. That uh, everyone else is experiencing at the moment, but out in public, on yeah, a bus, exactly, or such as a train. Because, like, you know, I just played Symphony of the Night, which is a game that Ko- Koji Igarashi was a producer on, mm. um, and uh, I played that earlier in the year on my Vita, and um, that is I, that kind of game, like you know, the explore, exploration based, um, spooky uh, castle games, sure, Castlevanias, if you will. Oh. Um, they're just so well suited to playing on the go, and because you get that map and. The coolest thing about these kind of games is that it will show you all the doors that you've gone past sure. on the map so far, and like you know, you'll, you'll see the opening of where you can potentially go next. Yeah, but because you haven't gotten the ability that will allow you to get up there, you get that ability at some point in the game, as all Metroidvanias you know allow you to get. Um, and then you're like, "Fuck, where's it?" Well, you know, open up your map, then you chip away. You try and you know, sure, you just visit, open that map, visit every room in the map. Yeah, um, and it's so much fun to do on the go. Yeah, um, and so I was like, you know. I know it's not going to look as as good on the Switch, um, but I'm okay with that because this is just going to be such a good game to play portably. Sure. Um, so it comes out a week later on Switch, and people are going just batshit crazy because the uh, th- like the the problems that they're having. Like a lot of people are talking about like the graphical downgrade, um, and it is obvious. I don't think it's as big an issue for me as it is a lot of other reviewers that I read. Do you, do you think the the quality of the graphics on the other platforms add to the game in a way that the Switch downgrade takes away? Well, so here's the problem. I've played the first two hours of this game. Sure. Um, and it's totally a playable game up until that point. But you get... There's so many additional... So like basically, you are a girl in a castle with, with an endless amount of weapons that you collect along the way. Hell yeah. You can also get like little critters that... that fall, like basically, every time you kill a certain animal, like a certain monster... Yeah. Um, a part of it will like bond with you and then you get that monster's power. Cool. And it can be like, you know, a projectile, uh, an effect, or it can be a companion 
that also like follows you around and uh, and like you know attacks other monsters as you see them throughout the game. Sure. Um, you also can find like such an insane amount of like weird gear that you can kit out your um, your character with. In old Castlevania games, you would find like sunglasses, and then you would just say wear sunglasses, and your character wouldn't look any different. This but, one, but you'd know. This one, you'd be like, you know, oh, you found elf ears, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna, okay. I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to put the elf ears on, and then you're, suddenly your character has elf ears, oh, or cool. it has like all these. But so, what about elf ears? <laughs> did, did elf even have ears? No, no, he had ears. Oh, he did. I'm yeah, googling yeah. this. <laughs> elf <laughs> ears. <laughs> oh yeah, he had. He's actually funnily enough, his elf's ears look like elf ears. Oh, nice. Do you reckon that's why he called him elf? Because he's an alien who looks like an elf. Oh, it stands for alien life form. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Should have riffed into that one, but I wanted to be correct. But look, there's so much you can do in this game. Yeah. And um, the, while I don't have too much of a problem with the, with the graphical downgrade, I do have a problem with how sluggish this game got. Yeah. I've heard this. The first opening hour is pretty good. Um, but there's a lot of like weird, annoying, like loading times as you go between certain screens and that kind of thing, which when you are doing so much backtracking in this style of game, um, it's uh, you know it, it needs to any, be punchy exactly, and at any any point spent you know taking too long in between rooms just sucks. Yeah. Um. So I got it got to a point where I I was really just like it was snail pace. Sure. Like, and I was getting really frustrated at the game. I know that they, they've said that there's a there's a patch coming. They have patched the game, but they didn't patch performance stuff. It was all the other. It, they did a, like patch to the. All the different versions of the game, not just okay. Switch yet. Oh, right. Okay. Apparently, a Switch patch is coming. I, I want to enjoy this game, and I don't want to play it when it is not running at the speed that it should be yeah. running. I, I reckon two months from now, probably. I don't know how big the team working on this is, but it's the, the experience I've had with Kickstarter games is generally when they go, it's out, you go, cool, I'll play this in five months. And yeah, then okay. I know when I play it in five months, it'll be absolutely kicking it. Yep. But always that first release is just like, oh, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm. I hope, hopefully, I get to play it in full at a decent, a decent version of it before the year is over because I feel like it could be a, I mean, a contender you, for. You can on PlayStation. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah. But no, the, I mean, you know, the way I want to play sure, it. Sure. Of course. My whole thing was that I wanted to play this at Splendor in the Grass in my cold tent all night, <laughs> and unfortunately, I just had to sleep. Yeah, because it didn't. It was too slow. S- sleep was your ritual. Sleep was of the night. faster than playing Ritual of the Night. <laughs> but uh, so I turned to another um, Metroidvania game, uh, a much <laughs> smaller. Just, I like how you. Just, I've got got to get the Metroid. Got to get the Vania. Well, like, it, it came out. Um, uh, it was ported to to Switch like okay. around around the same time. It's called Time Spinner, and it's published by Chucklefish, who are best known as being the uh, publishers of Stardew Valley. Yes, this is developed by Lunar Ray Games, um, and. Um, Time Spinner is a game in which uh, you play. Uh, you basically it's set in the future, and um, the opening there's an opening fight. You you kind of like split off from your family. You're a woman who tries to fight this big demon, and then there's a time machine kind of thing, and you get flung back in time. Great Scott! You travel throughout. Basically, the cool the cool hook of this is that you can travel back and forth through time, okay. to, and so you visit the same map. Into different errors. Sure, you can also stop time. Um, so, for example, if if there is a ledge above you and you can't reach it, 
and but an enemy jumps at you, you freeze time, jump on that enemy, oh, jump up to the ledge. That's a pretty cool thing yeah, to it's do. A cool little mechanic. Kept, I kept forgetting that you could do it <laughs> because they used it very sparingly. Sure, sure. And so, like every after you know, I would after making it through like the bulk of a level, I would be like, "How the fuck? What do I want to do now?" Because that's like the, the 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 what can be quite an annoying thing in Metroidvania games is that you know there's something you need to do and something you need to unlock to do it, but yeah. sometimes you can get a bit stuck. And every single time I was stuck, it was like, "Oh wait a minute, you can freeze time, jump on an enemy, and yeah, get up to that ledge, or, or you know something similar like that." Um, really, really cool idea. Pretty interesting story. It felt like a more traditional JRPG story because it's like you know you have to. You report back to these, uh, like, the it's like it was like a fantasy setting in the past, and they're trying to fight like you know as fucking spooky wizards, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's their name. That's what they're called in the game. Uh, <laughs> spooky wizards, <laughs> fucking spooky wizards. Thank you very much. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but you know, and they're like you know, oh, what happens to our people in the future? And so you go back to the you go back to the future. Oh, whoa! It's your kids, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> spooky wizards are your kids It's your spooky wizards Marty um, And you go there and you Like you know you look at the, look at the records Or whatever sure. at the library and you're like oh, Your people are fucked <laughs> <laughs> um, And the, the guy gives you a turkey or something For your troubles um, But the, the the mechanic of like You know I, I've always loved that like you know like Link to the Past where you visit like the dark world Version I'm obviously yeah. like, that's like the first example I can think of, of sure. re- Visiting like a dark version of a map or, or Even in like yeah Ocarina of Time Where you're going back and forth through time I've only played Zelda so. yeah. It reminds me very much of There's a point and click adventure that I have on my phone Where it uses the same thing where it's like To solve puzzles you you know you're in an apartment Building in the modern in present day And you flash to the future and like a door has rusted away, right. so now you can access the next area. I love how you're like, mm, Levin's of Zelda examples, pretty obscure. Maybe <laughs> this unnamed point-and-click adventure on my phone will be more relatable <laughs> for our listeners. But yeah, it was a cool idea, Like, and there were lots of cool ideas in this game, but yeah, the, the time-stopping mechanic and also the travelling back-and-forth mechanic I feel like weren't utilised enough. Okay. And so while I, it was fun to kind of breeze through a Metroidvania game, normally you know, you spend... Sure. Like, I guess, like, the Hollow Knight comparison or even, like, Symphony of the Night. Like, Hollow, Hollow Knight, I've got 60, 70 hours. Yeah. Symphony of the Night, 30, 40 hours. Uh, this is, like, a six to eight hour game. Okay. Um, and that in that's itself like, should appeal to people. It, the the, the creature got a, design. Got a Roboto hours. Got a Roboto hours. like, three hours. Come sure. On, All right. It's it's twice got a Roboto hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but yeah, the, it looks great. The, the pixel art is excellent. Yeah. Um, and the writing and story is pretty good, too. Um, and some of the enemy design is really fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess, like, the, the, the coolest thing that this game has going for it wasn't utilized well enough. Right. In my opinion. That's I still finished it, and I enjoyed it, and I would recommend it. Well, cool. But it's like, you know, it's a, it's a good game. Right. It's not, yeah. And, it's and, not blowing your hair back. And it's certainly, at this point in time, it's certainly better on the Switch than Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. <laughs> I feel like that's not hard at this point in time. Like it's not terrible. It, you know, sure. it's just sluggy as fuck. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna ask. You said like you made it two hours in, and then it became basically unplayable. Like as you unlocked more abilities, did it reveal just how sluggish the controls were more and more? Yeah, and I feel like they, you know, they must have really worked hard on like that first hour. To right. Make, yeah, but yeah, once you get that's that's the hour people could play at E three, and then yeah. everything after that was like just get it out. Um, I'll, re- I'll revisit it, visit it sure, as soon very, as, as, soon as very, that next patch happens. I'd almost, I'd almost want to do like month in, like month on month 
uh, a bloodstained update where it's like, is it any better, Levin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's become worse somehow. <laughs> um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com So funnily enough, you mentioned Chucklefish as the publishers. I did. Um... Who made Stardew Valley, which is a segue into the other game I'm talking about, Graveyard Keeper. Oh, it sounds spooky. Oh, so spooky. Um, so Graveyard Keeper is a game by who was it by? Um, Lazy Bear Games, mm-hmm. who um, I've played. They've done one other game called Punch Club, which is like a boxing management simulator that's um, actually really fun. Like I, I finished it a while ago. Like um, you manage a boxer? You you are a boxer essentially and you have to like manage your time training and doing jobs to earn money and fighting and So kinda like Ringo Ishikawa? A little bit. Less less kind of like less Less run philosophical. Around, less philosophical, less run around <laughs> brawling. But um lots of like they jammed in lots of kind of cultural references and all this kind of stuff. It's a fun little game, it's worth a play. So Graveyard Keeper is um yeah, it's by Lazy Bear, published by Tiny Build. Um, who are kind of low-key a, a good indie publisher. I, I shout out Tiny Build. Um, what, they, what have they done? Tiny Build have done... What else have they got on their roster? Hello Neighbor. Oof, bad example. <laughs> um, like, really... Party hey. Hard, Punch Club, Speedrunners, The Final Station, I like that. Yeah. Cluster Truck, I like that. Yeah. Mr. Shifty, I like that. Um, yeah, yeah like they got some okay stuff. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're not... Massive quality, but if I see if I see Tiny Build at the front of a ga- front of a game, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to have a good time. Mr. Shifty was made by Australian developers. There you oh, go. Dope. Um, anyway, so Graveyard Keeper is a graveyard themed, like almost farming simulation style game. Like it is, it's almost. I came up with the absolute worst description for it the other day, which the person I told laughed in my face about it, which is basically, if Stardew Valley is heroin, <laughs> Graveyard Keeper is methadone. Okay. Um, like, uh, How many of these drugs you just mentioned have you done? <laughs> I've only done Graveyard Keeper. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's sort of like, it's very much in the spirit of 
Stardew Valley and that you have a lot of like you can farm you can I mean the ultra like let me start at the beginning so the basic plot of the game is you are just some regular working schmo who works at a supermarket you're on the way home to see your wife at the end of the night and suddenly the Grim Reaper pulls you out of your existence and is like eh you're not doing that anymore now you're doing this and just puts you in this weird medieval world where you're the graveyard keeper so the whole time you're basically going around to people and going, hi, I'm not supposed to be here. What the fuck is going on? And they're all just like, oh, you're the graveyard keeper now. Well, I need this favor done for me. And basically you just have to, you have like your, your kind of job is to tend to the, the graveyard attached to a local church and run the church as well kind of thing. But at the same time, you can mine resources, you can farm, you can like brew beer, brew wine, like upgrade you know you have all these science skills that you can upgrade so you upgrade the tools you're working with or like your abilities to work with wood or embalm bodies or stuff like that um so it's just huge amounts of scope in what you can do um so in that way it's very similar to stardew valley in that it's kind of like open you know just go do your thing whatever you, you want to grow stuff go grow stuff you want to like you what wanna, do you grow like like, b- like bones uh, like <laughs> Um, no, like cabbages or carrots or, you know. Why do graveyard keepers do that? Earn money, really. The, Are they like ghost cabbages? No. <laughs> What's the graveyard part? You just, you're in charge of the graveyard. So one of the main quest lines you have during the game is upgrading the church and the graveyard. So whenever you bury a body, the body has like a certain number of skulls. Some are red, some are white. Now you can like do an autopsy on the body and remove the blood and the fat from it, which will remove some red skulls and improve the quality of the body. And then when you put it on, when you bury it in the graveyard, you can bury it, you can uh, cremate it, or you can just throw it in a river. Uh, (laughs) This is how you should have sold me on the game. This sounds awesome. You can throw bodies in a river, Levin. Say no more, buying now. Um, uh, But whenever whenever you bury them in your graveyard and add like, a tombstone and a fence around the grave, it gives you a certain number of points, quality points for your graveyard. And so to upgrade to higher levels of the church, you need to have a certain number of graveyard points to get there. So I like, once I'd upgrade, like I worked hard to get my graveyard to the level I needed to reach the final level of the church. And then after that, I just threw everybody in the river because I had no (laughs) use for them after that. Um, But one thing, one thing that... Like you, you actively go to the river and say throw body, or yeah. you <laughs> carry the body to the river and hit A, and it just tosses the body in the river, <laughs> and you watch it float down downstream. That's wonderful, yeah, <laughs> spooky. Um, the one thing, like, I loved Stardew Valley, but one thing that I definitely appreciated in Graveyard Keeper over Stardew Valley was the Valley ability to throw bodies the ability, in the yeah, river. Yeah, it was really lacking from Stardew Valley. No, it was that. Stardew Valley just kind of drops you in this world and goes, have fun. And I remember the first time I tried to play Stardew Valley, I was like, there's no walls. There's no walls. Ah!" And freaked out because it was too open. I eventually got used to that openness. But I like Graveyard Keeper because it goes, you have a job to do. You need to get back to your wife. You need to figure out how to get out of this weird fucking situation you're in. And so you've always got that driving you forward. And as you meet various people in the town, there's the guy that runs the tavern and you know the blacksmith and all that kind of thing they give you quests and you know as you finish these quests you kind of earn up 
um, respect with them and they give you like which will unlock new things you can buy that can help you further your quest kind of thing so I was always I always felt like I had something moving me forward rather than just the action of like oh my carrots are done I'm gonna dig them up now kind of thing it was always like right I need these carrots to feed to the donkey that brings me the corpses who <laughs> why does a donkey bring you corpses because how the hell else are they gonna get to your place did someone ride the donkey to no the donkey talks <laughs> this game sounds terrific it's wild <laughs> um uh but it's all, like wh- I was always I always had something I needed to do. It was always like, oh, I need to craft a sword to go down into the dungeon beneath the church and kill monsters. So I need to go find iron, which I can use to make steel, which I can, you know, like, there was always a series of tasks that I needed to perform. And I will say there were times where I was like, because it has a day-night cycle. And for the for my first bit of playing, I was trying to stick to that day-night cycle as best as possible, work during the day, sleep at night, etc. Finally, I was just like, fuck this because the day moves really quickly and almost like you run out of time every time so I was, like you'll be halfway to the river and exactly <laughs> body rotting on your shoulder um donkey giving you shit about it yeah weirdly communist donkey um fantastic yeah <laughs> breathtaking um yeah i eventually was just like fuck the day night cycle i just i work until i'm exhausted then i sleep and whatever time it happens to be, it happens to be when I wake up. Uh, one frustrating thing, and it got really frustrating towards the end, is it also has a, a kind of six-day week cycle, like various various days represented by symbols on a clock kind of thing. And various characters only show up for one day during that right, week. Yep. So it got towards the end where it's like, I just need to see this one character... So I can kill them and throw their body in the <laughs> yeah. river. Everyone's ending up in the river on this one. No, but I'd, I'd have to be like, well, now I've got to wait five days for this guy to come back. I have nothing else I need to do. So I wound up just like, you can build a rock garden and meditate. And it's just a way to pass time. So I would like <laughs> meditate for an entire week. Just to, I, I will make this very clear. This was at the very end of the game where it's like, I need to do. So you've finished. I've finished it. The, this like Stardew Valley equivalent. Sort of, yeah. So here is here is where we were discussing it before we started recording. I'm going to take a look at how much time I poured into this game. Have you looked before we recorded? No. So how many hours do you reckon you've put, played it? Well, without looking, I can tell you it's the second longest played game. Hollow Knight is first. But we, did you finish Hollow Knight? No. <laughs> Don't judge me, son saying. of a bitch. <laughs> um, how do I... Do I just click on it? No, so gonna... if you go to your, uh, your profile. Okay. Ah, there we go. Right. It'll tell you um, your most played. Profile, play activity, 45 hours or more. That's not... That's that's, that's, a, that's a considerable amount of, of grave keeping. Yeah, that's a lot of bodies in a river. Um, yeah, so look, it's if you loved Stardew Valley and you want something that's similar in experience, like Stardew Valley is... Uh, it's a sort of loving homage to a uh, Japanese game, Harvest Moon... Graveyard Keeper is like, hey, what if we made a Western version of that? Because there's a lot more almost RPG elements about like you can earn three kind of tech points as they're called and use them to upgrade your abilities essentially. Whereas in Stardew, I think just performing actions would upgrade your abilities eventually. Have you got to like have a good standing with people in the town as a Graveyard Keeper or does it give a fuck about you? you? You kind of... You never lose standing with people. You can only gain it, but you need to do quests to gain it. Right. 
So, like, the very first quest you have is the tavern keeper going, deliver this letter to the blacksmith. And you threw it in the river. <laughs> yeah. And then the blacksmith, Where the blacksmith lives. And then the blacksmith went there as well. I think you're getting hung up on one very small part of the game. It sounds great. Did I not mention the burning of the bodies as well? No, no, no. That's nowhere near as fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's really fun and compelling. I had a great time for three quarters of it. And then that final quarter was just... Oh, I'm gonna, Beautiful I'm, meditation. I'm so far. I need to finish this fucking game already. And it was... There were certain moments where I was like, Oh, crap. I like... I thought I'd finish that quest, but I need to run a burger and beer stand at a witch burning for three weeks, like three consecutive weeks. God damn it. And that just took a heap of time. I was like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, good fun. Excellent. Um, so that is it for the games we're going to be talking about on today's episode. But before we go, um, I asked, um, we're, we're now a, a Sans Pants uh, pod- podcast. So sans, I sans asked, the, sorry, Sans Pants. Um, I asked uh, everyone in the Sans Pants Discord um, to we we have a, a an all the small games channel in the Sans Pants Discord. Oh, we do. I should invite you to it. I I, uh, I believe we've recently we talked a while back about. I don't understand Discord. I I, I did not. You at apparently that time, do time. now. I do now. I'm, I'm an expert of it. <laughs> um, I love it. It's it's a it's a, just a great way to communicate with uh, podcast people. Cool. Um, and uh, unless you're asking about indie games, because yesterday I said, "Hey everyone," and if you at everyone when you're an admin, everyone gets a notification. Nice. <laughs> John and I will be recording a new all the small games tomorrow. If you have any indie game related questions, throw them in here and we'll answer them in the episode. I was expecting like 20 questions like, hey, have you played Celeste? What are your thoughts on Hollow Knight? I don't know. Like, you know, indie game stuff. Hollow Knight, listen to almost all of the episodes we've done. Okay, so almost all of these (laughs) questions are terrible. Right. (laughs) Uh, But but they came from great people. Great people can still ask terrible questions. Big big hearts, terrible heads. So I'm going to give us... 20 seconds a question. Right. Um, Count Accountant asked, what criterion best indicates a good indie game without reading any reviews or anything silly like that? Uh, bodies being thrown in rivers. Very, very good point. Cool. <laughs> I, I, I mean, also, also the ability to pat a dog, if that's in there. You can't do that in Graveyard Keeper. You, you can't do that in Fire Emblem either. The new Fire really? Emblem game, there's like dogs and cats all over the place. Not you dead. can't do anything with them. Lame. You can't recruit them so they can fight for you on the battlefield. Right. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, uh, Ant Accountant. I can't remember. This is a pretty good question. Cypher asks, how did you get into indie games and what makes them better than AAA titles? So I don't don't necessarily think... I think what... Like, AAA games aren't necessarily worse than indie games. Mm. I just is... I love the achievable nature of being able to pick up and potentially finish uh, an indie game in the same afternoon, the same week. Yeah. For the most part, they are smaller. You know, the games yes. the, the games we mostly talk about, hence the, the name of the podcast, are small games. Yeah. And right. I think, you know, if you only play AAA games, you have, what, you can play 10 of them a year? Yeah. Oof, in the, in maybe the, three, depending. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because those games are fucking enormous, especially now when you've got getting like, you know, like games as a service, online gameplay, it doesn't interest me at all. No, not but at all. a small story-based platform adventure game. Yeah. You know, the majority of bigger studios aren't making those. So it's, it, I guess it's a chance to kind of play games that I played when I was a kid, except they've been kind of... Improved. Improved, totally, right. yeah. Like I'd, I'd add to that that I think AAA is becoming a lot more homogenous. Like, oh, you're making a first-person shooter? Well, you got to have wall running in it, no matter which franchise you're working with kind sure. of thing. Whereas indie games are being a lot more experimental in how you can play a game and tell a story now. Like, I think playing something like Super Hot, 
just made me go, oh, oh, right. No one, like, you couldn't do this in a AAA. You could, like, no yeah. no AAA studio would ever devote an amount of time to this. But a smaller publishing team is able to take something experimental and mold a fantastic experience out of it that, you know, as mentioned, it's not going to go, it's not going to take 60 to 100 hours of your life. Totally. Maybe, maybe 10 to 15 at most. But that 10 to 15 is going to be amazing. Or it's Hollow Knight. Yeah. And it's 70. Sure. 70 but- amazing hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my fir- the, f- the first game that I remember playing that I was like, this is an indie game was Cave Story. Sure. And that is a phenomenal first indie game. But even, um, like... What about? Oh, I, mean, I was going to say like Limbo, for instance. No, I think not, yeah. yeah, I think I'd already played Cave Story by okay. that point. But yeah, it was again like yeah, Limbo. Yeah. I remember being like, we're playing an indie game. You yeah. know what I mean? It was a very much a buzzword a few years ago. And it's definitely like in the last five years, indies have just thrived. As like you have stuff like Steam, the, um, the Switch, the Switch. Yeah. You've got big publish like big, uh, you know, Xbox and PlayStation game certainly Pass. developing. Yeah, there's like, tons of great indies. I reckon in, half the games we talk about on this podcast end up on Games Pass. Yeah, hey, that's which, that, thank God. It's so good though. Like, yeah, yeah I, I've kind of every every month I'm like, do I want an Xbox? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's why. Yesterday they announced that. Um, uh, what's the game that you really like that was an Xbox exclusive? Uh, Outer Wilds. Yeah, but they were, but it was Outer Outer, Outer Worlds World. is I coming s- to Switch, and I, I was s- like, <gasps> I oh. saw that announcement. I had the exact same reaction. I read that it's like Outer. Oh my god, W. Yeah. Oh, Worlds. But you that that kind of game would appeal to you because you loves Fallout New Vegas, right? It's the I, same I team, guess isn't it? Same same developers, but it's again, it's I don't have a jillion T hours. To devote. There's something really like, like it just feels good to, to finish like ten games in the same oh. space that it would take you to finish one. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's. I mean, you you were saying triple A's aren't necessarily bad. I'd agree, but at the same time, I think they are falling victim to bloat. Like there is that expectation with a triple A. Like we need to get 120 hours of gameplay in here, <coughs> and we've got maybe 40 hours of story. Yeah, totally. So we need to like it, it was. The last indie game I played was Red Dead Redemption 2. Did you, it, you mean AAA game? Yeah, yeah. sorry. Last AAA game I played was Red Dead a Redemption 2. A little indie 2. game called yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, but it was just... I, the last thing I did was... Oh, my next mission is a nine-minute horse ride away. And then I have to ride a horse for two minutes to start the mission. I'm done here. This is just... This is padding out so bad. Like, Yeah. Yeah, the other game was very overwhelming. I, I can play three... Three indie games in the time it takes for me to get to the next mission. In Red Dead Redemption <laughs> to completion. Um, you, although to be fair, you could probably toss a body in a river in Red <laughs> Dead Redemption Two and pat dogs. Um, Forest of Mist asks: At what point does an indie studio become a real full-blown game studio? Like Devolver Digital has been called an indie studio on your pod, but they have only, they have had two E3 conferences. Also, what game consumed your life more than you like to admit, aka the Stardew Valley effect? Uh, let's, I'll, let's, I'll let's start with the second part second first. Part first Stardew Valley Hollow Knight um, Hollow Knight as well to And also extent. Breath of the Wild Graveyard Keeper Most recently those two um, Yeah Oh but then like I mean If you want like disgusting ones That should not have Consumed me In the way that they did That weird Magikarp jump game that, Oh sure Okay It's phone games Cookie Clicker Cookie Clicker Game game Dev Story Game Dev Story Multiple Love, hours love Game Dev Story um, uh, Egg Incorporated Oh yeah, um, adventure capitalist, adventure communist, <laughs> um, lots of lots of clicking. Like these are all phone games that I've played. Like I've been playing for two years now, but it's like fifteen minutes of my day of just like let's see how this is going. Okay, cool. 
Um, I think I think there's also like Celeste is definitely like it was a, a you know it was definitely an experience that began and end within a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. but while during that experience it was almost my every waking moment was fuck I wish I was playing Celeste right now. <laughs> I started it and then didn't go to sleep until I finished yeah, it. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. I think there's definitely like so I only it, ruined one night. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have to be a game that like you sink weeks and weeks and weeks into. I think it can also be... Like, Inside. Inside, I finished over the course of two days, but for those two days, my entire life was, fuck, I have to play Inside every moment. Anyway, I think that's the second half of the question done. At what point does an indie studio become a real full-blown game studio? Uh, I'll answer that. From the beginning. Right? What do you mean? Like... If we're not making... If it's not like, when does an indie studio become a AAA studio when it staffs up with hundreds of people. But indie studios are full-blown game studios. Sure, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, I guess if w- at what point does an indie studio become a AAA studio? If you want when, to reword the when question. Does it, when does it become a big kind of, like, I guess with Control coming out in four weeks, look at something like Remedy Games, uh, the guys that made Alan Wake, um, I think the original Max Payne's. Like, They've been Xbox exclusive for the last few years and now they're making Control of... Yeah, for everybody. Cons- yeah. But I think they, they are an interesting situation where they're almost in between. They're not a full AAA. They're not a full indie, but they kind of like, they, they straddle both sort of things. Because there's not a, like... They're like a third party. To, to an extent, yeah. yeah. Um, you got, we're gonna, are you going to talk about that on this? Or just cause you, Control? Yeah, you're looking forward to that game. But uh, I reckon save it, for, save it for when it comes out. But fuck, that new trailer was... No, I, I mean, so you are going to talk about Control on this podcast when this comes out. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, my thing with Devolver Digital is like all their games are small. And they're a publisher. Yes, more that's than true. More than they're a developer. Yeah. Like the, and also their, their, their conferences at yeah. E3 aren't really conferences. No. They're, they're like weird Tim and Eric-esque sketch videos. Yeah, exactly. It's their E3 in name only. They don't really have... And also their aesthetic is like indie as fuck as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, look, you raise a good point. Maybe Control is a little too big to discuss on here. I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Because you're excited I, for it. Our, co- our conversation will be, how's Control, John? It's fucking great. Boom. Done. <laughs> but I mean, I, I talked about a, a Nintendo game. That I did Box Boy, Box Girl sure. a, few, a few months ago because that but is a small game. That is a small Nintendo, game, of course. So, you know, of course whatever. Yeah. It's in the title, guys. If it's small, yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah. What else we got? Any other good ones? I'm going to put, put a put, tie, tie bow in this. We've got, we got plenty more questions. We can answer them over the over next week's episode because oh. we're going to try and make this podcast weekly now, John. Yes. So, yes. Uh, everybody, keep playing those small games. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. If you want to get in touch with the show, all the small games at gmail.com. We love hearing from you over email. You can follow us at all the small game on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash all the small games. Yep. John is at 16 tacos. I'm at levdog. Thank you so much to the Sands Pants boys for having us on here. We love being here. Thank you very much.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.